Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Breaking Western Podcast. We are in season, Abby hates this, three, (laughs) marketing and media within the Western industry. We've brought you some amazing guests so far this season. And today, as we love to say, is no, as Abby really likes to say, is no exception. Today, Abby, who are we talking to? We've, We've got another master of it all really when we're talking about (laughs) marketing and media she is someone who knows her stuff because she's done it all so (laughs) i'm i'm just i don't even need to keep going i don't think (laughs) we have jansen too from denim and velvet how are you jansen I'm great. I'm just uh, hanging out at my office, currently editing some pictures from a fall photo shoot that we did today. I love that. Okay. Uh-huh. I imagine your office as just this really beautiful, like, Joanna Gaines space, just from, like, your pictures <laughs> online. Like, I'm sure there's a messy corner somewhere, but I'm just seeing it, it in my mind as, like, perfection. <laughs> Well, my desk always gets extremely messy during the day. I'm very much in organized chaos and like to write a lot down and have notes everywhere, but I try to make it a purpose to pick it up at the end of every day so I can come back in the following day and have a clean place to start and mess it all up again. Uh, That part is really important. I wish I had more of that because... Yeah. Um, I would love to call myself organized chaos. I think I'm more <laughs> just, chaos. just straight up chaos. And then I panic later when I like want to start doing something like, oh my God, this is a mess. And then I have to scramble to try and clean it up. And by that point, I've lost a lot of my steam. You know what? I think we just provided enough inspiration on that. We're done with the interview. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> so, Jansen has already changed my life. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> Our office is right off of the main street downtown, and not that we get a ton of foot traffic in here, but we like to be prepared in the event that someone does walk in, that we don't just have a big mess going on in here, and we usually have several of us in office at the same time, too, so try to keep it a clean and just cohesive workspace so we can all work on everything individually or simultaneously. Oh, so good. So obviously you have a team of people working with you now, but let's start at the very beginning. I want to talk about like how you got into the Western industry, how you got into marketing. What does your background look like? Uh, Well, I had no choice but to be in the Western industry. (laughs) My family um, trains cutting horses, and Mm. I'm very grateful for that. It's definitely um, taught me a lot of work ethic. Uh, People who rodeo often don't believe it when I say it, but we would ride around 30 head of horses a day. Uh, So get up early in the morning, start with saddling two-year-olds and go throughout our day working all of our show horses. And then on the weekends or during the week, depending on age event season, we would be on the road a ton. And being a trainer's kid, you have to you know, know who you can talk to and when about what, because there's always different projects going on and horses coming in and out of the barn. So I learned very young how to have a professional and adult conversation. And we were often taught um, kids to be seen and not heard, and we didn't have opinions. Mm. So we went ahead and just did our work. Um, And then I have not shown cutting horses in 10 years now. When I went to college, I didn't have any additional time. I really wanted to focus on school. And the cutting horse industry is extremely competitive and expensive. And so being a broke college kid, that wasn't really an option for me. 
I'm super grateful for being a part of the industry. I had the opportunity to work for Bill Freeman for four years, and he was the first person to win the Triple Crown in cutting. Wow. And I learned a lot from him, not just about horsemanship, but about life in general and uh, like how to work with a team and working with others. Wow. And I would say, too, probably being a woman in a man's industry Mm -hmm. coming up in that. Yes and no. There's been uh, some amazing women that have gone on to win pretty much every major event within the cutting horse industry. Mm-hmm. It, um, I wouldn't say that cutting is, it, I mean, it is definitely very male dominant, but they are not one to um, look down on women for going into training. They're very much applauded, honestly. So I have to say that was never, I'm grateful that I never had to um, deal with anything like that. Mm. I love that. Yeah, and that also empowering then to see maybe the contrast between some other industries and then finding yourself in a space where, you know, you're encouraged and lifted up and, mm-hmm. and supported. That's pretty cool. Yes, yeah, I um, I am just very grateful for the background that I had within the cutting horse world. And not only that, but the connections that it's made along the way there have been so many of them that have transitioned into the media and marketing world. Uh, for example, Craig Morris, he is the president of Ride TV, mm-hmm. and I showed horses with both of his children, and so I've worked with them on several different projects. Our very first fashion show we had in Vegas was televised by then, and it was great to just walk into a meeting and have that familiar face, and there was all already this um, just working relationship and that we knew that, we could count on each other to make sure the project was done to the best of our abilities. That's cool. Yeah. Networking is so critical. I feel like we talk about that more so now, but for a long time, I think that was really underrated. And I think it was called like word of mouth maybe for a while, you know, like people making connections or maintaining relationships. But now it's really seen as like, Oh, a networking event Mm -hmm. is a, you know, a good thing. Yes, and I mean, honestly, anything when you're in the Western industry, the world's really small. There's a lot of crossover between the different genres, and so I was always told growing up, it's not always what you know, but it's who you know, Mm -hmm. because that can sometimes benefit you in a lot of ways. I know traveling, I've got friends and family members all across the United States, and we could go through pretty much any town if you were in a bind there was somebody that you could call that if they didn't know somebody they knew someone and you know uh so on like that so it's been I have always tried to um you know keep any relationship that I've met even if it's just a simple hello remember that person what they did so if I was ever in a position that I could you know help them shout them out in a way or if I found myself in an area that I knew they were familiar with I had someone to reach out to that's really important too. Yeah, critical. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We've been enough places now that we're starting to make those connections and we're like, okay, so we could go from here to Montana and be okay (laughs) and not have to spend a hundred bucks a night on hotels. And make no plans (laughs) whatsoever. Yes. (laughs) Right. Yes. I mean, you have those friendships. You just say, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. I'm going to be traveling. would love to catch up. You want to have dinner? And then that turns into, you know going out for maybe a drink or going back to their house to catch up and you wind up staying the night and then there you are, like you said, travel from one spot to another and you're not even having to get a hotel room. Tell us more about how your life took this turn from the cutting horse world and your background there into marketing and management and everything that you do now. 
Well, it's a pretty twisty story. There's lots of variables that happen. Buckle up. Yeah, I say it as though it's one turn, but... (laughs) I wish. That would have made everything a lot easier. No, I um, was going to school for dental hygiene, and I had gotten a camera for Christmas, and then that following spring, my brother got engaged, and I was given the opportunity to take their engagement pictures, and so from there, it started my journey for photography. And honestly, I should just go ahead and apologize to anyone that I took pictures of from <laughs> 2009 to early 2011. They're pretty terrible. <laughs> Maybe don't ask me for a refund, but I might do a reshoot. Um, but that opened up a lot of doors. And my mom worked for David's and National Roper Supply for um, many number of years. And then I also worked for them as well and had a great relationship with the company and they were looking for an associate photographer to help with their studio photography and their um, website portion. So I submitted my application, went through the interview process and I was thankfully hired. And while I was working there, I started helping them with marketing. This was in 2000, uh, late 2013, early 2014. And during that time, social media was really rising. Facebook had kind of been around for a while, but Instagram, Snapchat, they were gaining a lot of traction. And so we were looking into other ways we could reach different audiences. NRS is known for their catalog Mm -hmm. um, and their print work is amazing, but there was ways to up e-commerce online without just going to the internet. And so I started helping them research with that. Pinterest was you know, really gaining traction, how we could take our catalog photos and get them out there for inspiration. Um, at this point, Pinterest didn't have sellable pins. And so we were, I was learning everything just in real time. I did not go to school for any of it. And so lots of YouTube, um, online webinars, master classes, anything that I could get my hands on. I was just um, enthralled with this way of getting my and it was helping me with my business as well, like how I could get my photos in front of potential clients and not just having that referral or word of mouth or hope that somebody saw your business card or an ad you put in the paper or something to make ends meet. And so I just dug into everything that I possibly could. And during that time, I was still doing photo shoots on the side and I had a friend who still works at Teskey's now, who's the, one of the buyers, she reached out about doing a photo shoot. And um, it was a conflict of interest for me since I worked for their competitor. And so she was like, well, I'd like to have dinner. There's a couple things I want to talk to you about. And so that dinner turned into a job offer and I left NRS to go work for Teskey's. And I was their head of marketing for the apparel side. I did the web photo shoot, social media, um, all of it. And while I was there, I kind of began getting a little bit bored in the monotony of working for one person. I like to have a different day every day. I'm not one to have the same routine. I might come to my office daily, but I want my days to always look different. And I had the opportunity to help with the boutique hub. Ashley Alderson was needing a social media manager. And so I was helping her and then she was doing her master classes and kind of helping the boutiques learn how to do photography. And I was doing that about once a month and I met with a real estate agent 
um, Cody and I were dating at the time. This is before we got married, and he was looking for a property, and I kept getting online and finding all these houses, and she was like, oh, my gosh, it's so nice that you can get on here. She's like, I'm not, she was an older woman. She's like, I'm not good at using the internet. So she mm-hmm. hired me to be a personal assistant, and so that helped me with another avenue of marketing. I was doing all of her real estate. And so I started building these relationships with, local people to the Weatherford area through the real estate business and then all these boutiques across the United States via the boutique hub and then they're like well can we send stuff to you to take pictures Mm. it's like uh sure we'll figure it out (laughs) yeah of course send them my way so uh my very first customer was crazy Consuela and she would send me her t-shirts and I would put them on and I would go find a location and have Cody go with me and I would make him stand where I wanted to stand, check the light (laughs) and then hand him the camera back. Okay, take my picture. So I would make him take all the product photos, taught him like how to do detail shots. And then I would go home and edit and deliver. And then she completed the masterclass and told, couple other businesses about me and then all of a sudden I had like nine boutiques that I was modeling for and Cody was having to take the pictures well he was getting ready to leave to go rodeo for the summer and that meant I lost my photographer Mm. so um he's like through all of that that's how (laughs) denim and velvet was born because we were designing logos for people needing branding and then I would do websites and social media and pictures and there was a huge lack in for the boutique world for small businesses to be able to afford it. There was these major agencies that were doing just gorgeous sites and campaigns and all of this, but it wasn't cost effective for Mm -hmm. startup businesses to be able to work with them. And with, after having six, well now, um, a lot of years of retail experience at that point, it was roughly six years of retail experience. I knew what the wholesale side of it looked like too. Um, so I knew kind of pricing what they could roll into their product markups and be able to make their money back, hopefully, if all goes well pretty quickly because of selling out of the products. And so I sat down with a pricing plan and just kind of hit the ground running back in 2017 with Denim and Velvet. Wow. wow. So you Holy really crap. gathered up all of your <laughs> unique skills and, and yeah. eclectic experiences over yeah. all these years, saw an opportunity or just saw a need and said, hey, I'm who better to fill this? And imagine trying to build a um, like a college plan around that. Like yeah. I'm going to major in <laughs> this, this and this with a minor in this and I'm going to take an internship in this and like. It's so inspiring to me to hear you talk about learning things on your own Mm -hmm. because that's not any less of an education, right? Like you're pursuing that for yourself. You're learning from people in your real life and you're just like trial and error, making it up as you go. Did you have anybody that was kind of um, foot in the door with any of this that you were able to learn from or it was just kind of piecing together from the different parts of everything? It was just piecing it together because like I said, at this point, I mean... Facebook had been around, but Instagram and Snapchat were not being utilized in the way of sales and neither were Pinterest. So we were trying to look at social media platforms as how we could make money from them. Because at that point, you couldn't even boost, post, or sponsor ads on Facebook. So it was essentially Mm -hmm. free marketing across 
every platform. Everybody had the same playing field. (laughs) Things were happening in chronological order. There was no algorithm to beat. It was putting something up that caught somebody's attention that Mm -hmm. had good copy to go with it. There wasn't having to, is it the correct time of day? Is it, um, is this picture going to make them stop in their tracks? There was none of the additional work that there is now. And I think that played a huge role in it because I got to have so much trial and error that Mm -hmm. it was almost like you couldn't screw it up because they were going to see it where now if a post doesn't have good engagement within the first two hours that it's live and sometimes even the first 30 minutes, half your, I mean, you might only get a tenth of your followers actually seeing the post at all. It might not show up in any of their new news feeds. Wow. Yeah. So how do you, are you using to um, do this I to your benefit? Cassidy Boggs, our social okay. media manager. I don't do any of it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I try to stay educated in all the areas of what's going on in our business so that I can help out, Mm -hmm. but I also stay in my lane. Mm -hmm. Social media is um, always changing. I wish there, it was black and white like it used to be. It is Mm -hmm. not anymore. Um, In every business that we work with, they all get um, taken care of differently to fit the needs of their customer, their location, their aesthetic, their style, um, what their captions are, whether they need to be just a plain and simple call to action showcasing a product or if they need, if their customers enjoy witty captions, um, that's, that's what Cassidy specializes in. Mm-hmm. Because cool. in a lot of ways it does sound kind of ridiculous to people who aren't really into social media or Mm -hmm. paying a lot of attention to it that it's so nuanced and that there has to be a special approach not only for each client but for each type of post you're making or every little bit you're putting out there it does have to be specific yeah every every business um you you find your your target market and then you have to really dive into like what makes them tick what they enjoy um and you don't want to waste a good photo or a good caption on a bad photo or a bad caption depending on what you're trying to showcase in that moment and you have to be also very aware of what's happening in the world too because you um now with social media there's so much animosity that happens behind a keyboard and people get angry over even the simplest of things. Mm -hmm. We had a customer today that had a post up about bell bottoms and somebody commented on there and was like, I can't believe that you want to sell these pants that are so long. They're going to be picking up everything off the ground with the virus that's going on in this world. (laughs) Players have been popular for years now. And it's like, who who thinks of that? You don't think of when you're posting a pair of flare jeans that you might possibly be attacked. These ground sweeping. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's crazy. That is wild. Oh my gosh. So there's definitely um, more strategy behind it than what meets the eye. Like if you Uh, have a lot more strategy. When I started, it was like, okay, it's Tuesday. Let's post tip Tuesday. Well, now if you do that, it might not even show up on somebody's feed till Thursday, and then they're like, okay, you're not smart. It's Thursday because they don't <laughs> look at the time and date stamp of when the post actually happened because they're just seeing it on their news feed at that moment. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, and I'm imagining, so talk to us a little bit about the packages that you offer because now this has my gears turning that even if you pay for an amazing photo shoot, mm -hmm. you pay to have your products photographed. Right. Now if you don't have a social media strategist, how are people going to see that? Or how will you be getting the best possible return on your investment? Right, right, right. So tell us a little yeah. bit about um, some of the different packages that you guys offer to serve your clients in that way. We have several different packages. Um, we've got them starting anywhere from $350 up to $1,000 a month, depending on you know what their engagement's like, how often they're doing photo shoots, what, how many products they're going through each month. Um, somebody that might be relatively new or doesn't have a good customer base yet, there's no need for them to do that um, do maybe a thousand dollar a month uh, investment because they're not going to have the amount of product or maybe not even doing that many sales and so it's a point of like building them up starting and graduating them we have different ones that include ad management ad creation um doing different post stories i mean for all of our customers we post seven days a week so they don't have to even worry about the weekends like it says on your website, one-stop shop. One-stop shop. Which, yes. for people that don't like social media or don't know how to jump into something like this, one-stop shop is like, yes, please <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ideally, we like to work from a, uh, with a customer, especially new businesses, from the conception of branding through their website, photography, and then helping them launch their social media. Who are your ideal clients? It seems like from your social media and website that it's a lot of women and a lot of boutiques. Is that um, something that you chose or did you just kind of attract that to you? Um, we, I think a big attraction was our partnership with the Boutique Hub. We're still one of their preferred service providers as well. Mm. Um, we do work with several people outside of the Western industry as far as the boutique industry as far as events. Um, Group W Productions is one of our larger clients, and they produce Stetson Country Christmas and Roper Cowboy Marketplace, mm -hmm. which are two of the bigger trade shows during the NFR. And then this year they're adding a third trade show during the uh, NFR in the stockyards called Christmas in Cowtown. Mm -hmm. And they also produce the All-In Barrel Race and Breakaway which is normally at the Orleans, but it'll be at the Lone Star Arena in Stephenville. And so they are definitely more of an event and production side of it. So while we do work with a lot of boutiques as well, we're on the production side of events as well. That's really cool. And for those of you that didn't know, I got to sing uh, at both of those events last year at, at <laughs> Vegas. So <laughs> I, we can tell you that they're amazing because we spent a lot of time there. <laughs> Well, we try. I um, I do all of the graphic designs for all the signs there. So making sure that the aesthetic of the shows are cohesive from the moment you walk in the door is um, a big feat. We start on signage usually in July to get ready for a wow, December, wow. The December show. Wow. So then, Jansen, how does your approach differ from when you're working with some of these smaller clients like these newer boutiques to mid-level companies than to producing big events like this? Uh, well, we try our hardest to give everyone the same amount of attention. It's uh, not fair to give a small business 
um, a little bit of your attention just because they're maybe not even paying you as much as someone else. Mm-hmm. We want everyone to feel important and like they have um, an equal amount of our time. I think the biggest thing that we can do to help them is understanding when to grow. I think a lot of people have a hard time of like pushing outside their comfort zone or doing things differently. Mm. Startup businesses, um, I like to kind of help them sit down and go over a budget of what they need to spend to get started, but then also know when it's time to upgrade that budget. Um, There's nothing worse than someone, in my opinion, starting a business and investing too much money in product and then not not enough in marketing Mm. because then you're you're sitting on all of this money essentially in your product and not getting it in front of the right people it has to be a balance between those two yes um ideally you invest in quality pieces um i usually tell people to do a 60 40 rule Mm. 40% trendy items, 60% what they want their target market to be. Interesting. Ah, You want want those trendy items to get customers to you, but then really be able to tell your story with the other percent. And then the same with their money. I tell them to spend 60% towards building their business and their marketing and 40% towards products. You're welcome, folks. We're getting you all (laughs) all of the good stuff here. The golden nugget. (laughs) (laughs) And we talked a lot with um, boutique owners, makers in the first season, Mm -hmm. and finding their own little corner of the market seemed to be the big struggle because you do have a lot of the same um, like wholesalers, a lot of the same trends, a lot of the same stuff going around. And so making your own unique voice seemed to be something that a lot of them had to find. (laughs) Yeah. And that goes, I mean, even further into the models that you choose, the influencers you choose Mm -hmm. to work with. There's so many layers of that, um, the down to the editing of your photography. And I think the one thing that I really, um, try to push towards our customers even if we're not doing their photos is while and I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this while influencers (laughs) take gorgeous photos the way the trend of the edits right now with the yellows and oranges Mm. don't show the true color of a product and Uh so it can Uh be deceiving to a customer when they follow someone and they go to purchase an item that they're showing and then it comes in and it's not that color So if they work with an influencer, don't use the influencer's image on their website. Use it on their social media and then drive up to it where they can see a true color correct image there. Oh, that is is good advice. a good point. And I have noticed that happening on a few influencers accounts recently, maybe mostly in their stories, where they'll post one photo with the edit, with the filter, and then after. And I think that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, I'm not a, I, um, I pride myself in our expedient workflow. Mm-hmm. I try to set up everything color correct in my camera when I take pictures. So for example, I, um, did a photo shoot this morning at nine o'clock. We were, I was back in the office at noon when we wrapped it up and I've already delivered them their images. Wow. Okay. I uh, try to set everything (laughs) correct in camera so that way when I go to edit, I have minimal um, changes to make. Mm. And I also don't really 
over process them. I'm not trying to do beauty shoots where the skin has to be airbrushed and completely flawless. Mm -hmm. I mean, I will go through and take out blemishes. I don't want anyone to not feel beautiful in their photos, but I'm not one that's going to overly Photoshop anything. And honestly, unless I'm needing to remove something from a photo, I don't Photoshop anything. I work out of Lightroom the entire time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, um, something that sets us apart and makes us a lot easier to work with. Unfortunately, anyone that's creative, not just photographers, they can get a uh, bad reputation of not getting product or their service completed in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I try my hardest to not have anyone waiting on their images longer than one day, unless it's a wedding, then that's a little bit different. I can't go through that many pictures that fast. (laughs) That's truly impressive. That's very <laughs> impressive. So what did your um, kind of your process look like when you're coming up with something like this? Because obviously this takes a lot more planning than just one day to figure out how am I going to time all of this out to mm-hmm. be able to get those images back and organize and only take on a certain amount of clients. Like what did that look like for you? Um, so what I do is I kind of I get an idea of how many products there are going to Uh, be sending in most of our product photography the boutiques are not local they're across the United States and they mail their items in and I can it takes me typically two and a half to three minutes per piece wow so often yeah we're um we we work fast (laughs) so um we also have some really amazing models that work with us too that make that also easy because they know the process of what we're needing shot Mm -hmm. um so what i will do if it's a product based photo shoot uh, before we even receive the items i know how many we have we've already discussed location they've already chosen their model so boutiques mail us the apparel we receive it we check it in steam it Um, get it ready typically the day before or the day of a photo shoot if we're going to have an afternoon shoot. Um, We'll have it planned based on the time of day for the location when the light's going to be best. Uh, Go shoot, come back, fold, box it up. If we shoot in the morning, um, it goes out, the product will be mailed back out that same day, and they'll receive images the same day as well. I try to schedule, depending on the amount of products, I try to schedule... um, roughly an hour after each shoot to be able to sit down and edit and have everything delivered within an hour to two hours after the photo shoot's done. Wow. Whoa. (laughs) I'm imagining you as a small child being like, we've got 30 horses to ride today. And she's like, this is nothing. We're just photographing clothes. We're good. (laughs) Whatever. I I try to be very detailed and organized. I am at the beginning of this year. I started working with a business coach page, Mm. um, Page Champion, Page Lawrence, business coaching. And while I was, have always been organized chaos, she uh, she showed me how to sit down and just make a very detailed to-do list by listing everything out, I mean, down to what photo shoot I have, and then put that you have to edit, put that you have to invoice, put that you have to deliver so I could go through the entire checklist and mm-hmm. not miss any area. Um Especially when it gets to this time of year, I get extremely busy um, with Group W getting ready for the NFR. Mm -hmm. So I have everything laid out, um, and that makes it a lot easier. But then it also helps me with my time management. I can look and say, okay, 
I have this many photo shoots. Um, I have it marked off with the time to shoot and edit, and then time to invoice and deliver images as well. That's so good. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling almost speechless because Same. there's so many <laughs> it's just amazing like, things boom, in boom, here. Boom. But it, what keeps jumping out to me is that your approach is so all inclusive. Like mm-hmm. it's not it's not just yeah. marketing. It's not it just be, media. No, I want them to be able to come here and get everything done in house. That was kind of the part of the brainchild behind the business is. It was before the NFR in 2016, and I was doing photo shoots for companies, and then I would have to invoice them, then send them the photos, and then if a graphic designer needed anything differently, they'd have to reach out to me or reach out to the boutique or business, and then they'd reach out to me, and then there'd be all this back and forth and all these middlemen before the project was complete. Mm -hmm. So instead, I decided to essentially cut the middleman out and become the all-inclusive business where they could have a photo shoot done, have an ad design or a website done or a website update or social media campaign or thank yous and mail outs, whatever they needed, but they could all have it done here in house where no matter who was working on it had access to every file. And it was just um, seamless. There wasn't any having to email five different people to get one thing accomplished. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes a lot of sense because you don't, always realize how much is involved with this type of work that when you take out all of those extra players 20 minutes per email response (laughs) right you're not expediting the process but you're getting a much better product well and you get um something that's cohesive for your business because by the time that we designed their branding package their website done their photo shoot and then we're onto their social media we know their aesthetic and their style. We know the customer on a personal level, and we become friends with most of our customers as well. So then that way we know what their colors need to be, their fonts, what the copy needs to be like. Um, if they call me and need an ad that same day, I already know what their style is going to be like. We're not having to sit there and bounce back and forth and send them something that we think looks good, but that's not their aesthetic. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you look up and you missed a deadline because you don't know the customer. Uh, imagining everybody listening right now just wants to be you. They want to have <laughs> a business like yours. They want to be this business person. Do you struggle with burnout? Do you struggle with feeling like maybe you're not um, doing something right? Like, do you have any of these things that kind of burden your mind? Or are you just like boss babe all the time? <laughs> um, I, I would say my biggest struggle is like staying relevant. I mm. don't feel old. But <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of people coming up with way more creative things than I do. Um, and so like finding the time to be able to actually pull away from social media, honestly, mm. I try my hardest not to do what anyone else specifically in our industry and really others in general are doing. I pride ourselves in standing out and being different in that avenue. But then I feel like there's times where I am doing um, so many just product photo shoots that I'm not getting to show off our creative side. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's why our recent launch with Cowgirl Magazine was so much fun, uh, getting to have that creative concept of 
you know, the business meets Western with our picture of all of us, uh, basically our outfits split down the middle. We actually had a lot of people that thought we uh, had someone custom make those outfits, but we actually spent about six hours photoshopping that. Uh, oh my gosh. Splitting that happen. Everything lined up just right. Um, but that was a, a great project to work on. Um, if nobody has seen the video, they should go check it out. We, uh, did get some inspiration from a dollar shave club commercial from about 10 years ago. <laughs> as far as the, the funny humor for the video. But, Amazing. <laughs> um, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I like to be able to step out and show people to use their voice within their business, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I was very guilty for the, definitely the beginning of the business of wanting it to look perfect, mm-hmm. um, and not I did I did a poor job of giving it um, the business a voice and a personality, and so this the end of 2019 and all of 2020, I've really dedicated to branding the business and um, the and having a voice and letting people know that it's. Yes, we do work hard, but we do enjoy to have fun, and we like to we like to have fun with our customers as well as far as getting to be creative. Ah, uh, that's so great because it. I think social media can anymore sometimes feels like it's really taking on a, a life of its own, and it's like its own weird <laughs> world. But in reality, it should be a reflection of our own lives mm-hmm. and our personalities yes. and who we are. Yeah, um, I, I joke around a lot. I distract my team daily. I like to get up from my desk and dance around. Uh, I definitely, uh, I, I like to have fun. <laughs> so good. So getting back to your team, at what point did this go from, you know, j- just you and then we're starting to grow? And what are, if anybody's wanting to do something like you're doing, what do you recommend as your first couple of team players that you add on? Uh, I wish I had a, a good answer for that. Um, I started out with a business partner and when she got married and moved from Texas to Vegas, I purchased the business and, uh, had to take it all in on myself. And Mm -hmm. so that was a, a learning curve for me because at that point I was just doing the website, social and photography. I wasn't, I don't do any logo design. Nobody would want me to draw anything. (laughs) And then uh, I was starting the graphic design, which thankfully I did know how to do ad layouts and all of that. So that was a somewhat easy area to absorb. Um, But what really pushed me to have to hire someone was the hand-drawn logo and digital logo portion. I can put some stuff together, but uh, that's not my, that's not my area of expertise. And so at that point I just kind of put some feelers out there through some friends and had a couple people tell me I should talk to this girl named Sierra. And ironically, she and I had worked at Teskies at the same time. So we knew each other. Uh, we sat down for a very informal meeting at Starbucks and she's showed me some stuff that she drew. And I was like, yes, right now I've got a lot of logos that need finished. Can you, start in two weeks like please give your job that you have now the time to fill your position but I'm I'm ready Mm. Um, and I'm so sad still that she just recently left us after two and a half years she experienced burnout with drawing and she is now working with Shelby the owner of the Good Babes Co formerly fucking wild and helping her be a stylist and buyer that was my my first area that I had to hire out because I could not do it Mm. 
Um, and from there, I kind of looked at what areas were growing the quickest and what I could handle with my workload and versus what I couldn't. So my next source was finding a social media manager and then from there, web designer. Um, and then I've remained being the photographer and graphic designer. And that's what makes the cookie crumble. <laughs> that's, that's how the soup gets made. <laughs> Like <laughs> Their page has nothing to do with food, um, but if you haven't <laughs> checked them out online for sure, go go click on over to Denim and Velvet um, Jansen's personal page. Also, beautiful um, Jansen. Can you tell our listeners where to find you online? Uh, they can find us on Instagram or Facebook at at Denim and Velvet or Denim and Velvet Marketing and Design or on the World Wide Web at DenimAndVelvet.com. Easy enough. And you will want to follow them before the The NFR. NFR. Yeah. Because I have a feeling some pretty cool things are coming. (laughs) We do have some fun NFR styled shoots coming up, so I'm very excited about that. All the inspiration. All of it. I love it. Well, Jansen, thank you so much for hanging out with us today, giving us the golden nuggets. We learned so much, and I know our listeners did too, so thank you. Yes, of course. And (laughs) if anyone's listening and has questions, please feel free to shoot us a message. I try to do my best to respond and uh, give out as much information as I can without giving away all of our secrets. (laughs) Yeah. And she does respond to everyone. We can tell you that. (laughs) And she responded to us. She's giving away in in interview, saying she's not giving yeah. away all that much. Imagine you know she saved the good stuff what she for has to offer. Yeah, yeah. All so right. Good. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the, the Breaking, Breaking Western, Western podcast. podcast. This has been season three, <laughs> three. Oh. marketing and media. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs>